Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm Shannon Johnson, your host today, and we're here to discuss the Skilled Nursing Facility Quality Reporting Program following a two-day training that our Curriculum Development Specialist, Jessie McGill, attended. She's here to highlight the key takeaways and provide clarifications as provided by CMS. Welcome, Jessie. Thanks, Shannon. I'm glad to be here. Jessie, can you tell us more about what the purpose was in having this two-day skilled nursing facility quality reporting program training? Absolutely. Uh, you know, with the SNF quality reporting program as a requirement of the IMPACT Act, there are many items being added to the NDS this October. And CMS provided this training to give providers more information and help prepare them for the magnitude of the changes coming to the MDS this October. So this this training was offered live and was also offered via webcast for those who were only able to attend remotely. But it kept the audience involved and interactive, even if remote, with, with a polling app and being able to ask questions, respond to polls, and share ideas through this app. But the training really focused on those MDS changes, like I said, and we have uh, big changes coming to Section M for the pressure ulcers, Section N with drug regimen review, Section I and Section J. We have some minor changes in Section K, and then we really see a big amount of changes in Section GG. CMS went over all of these changes in, in very great detail. They provided case studies and examples and provided us with a lot of information about um, changes, enhancements, and how to use the SNF quality reporting program reports. Sounds like a lot of great information. What was one of your big takeaways? Oh, I think one of the best ones is the amount of information that's going to be removed from Section M. We've had so much that's been added to the MDS uh, over the last few years with with really very little being taken away. And now we have significant items being removed from Section M for the pressure ulcers. So the pressure ulcer measurements will be removed. The most severe tissue type is going to be removed. The new and worsening pressure ulcers and the heel pressure ulcers are all going to no longer be on the MDS as of October 1st of this year, 2018. And I really liked how CMS stressed that even though these items are not going to be removed, are going to be removed from the MDS, it doesn't remove the clinical practices. So we still have to maintain that strong clinical practice of caring for our wounds and measuring the wounds and monitoring the healing process of the wounds. That information just is no longer going to be required to be coded on the MDS. Are there any other major changes um, that you talked about um, following that big takeaway to Section M? With the change to Section M, um, one of the significant changes is that we're taking away M0800, which is used for quality measurements. However, the new SNF QRP measure that's going to be implemented in, in replacing the newer worsened pressure ulcer for SNF QRP is the skin integrity, change in skin integrity measure, which uh, will also start this October. 
However, we haven't heard yet how this change to Section M0800, that removal, is going to impact our MDS 3.0 quality measure for the short-stay newer worsen pressure ulcer, which currently does still use M0800. Thanks, Jesse. I understand there are several different reports that SNFs use to understand the quality reporting measures. What should our listeners know about these reports? Oh, there are some great things that are happening with the SNF QRP reports. One of the big announcements that CMS had is that next spring, the spring of 2019, uh, CMS is working on enhancing the SNF review and correct report for the SNF QRP. And currently, the SNF review and correct report gives us very static uh, data um, that we're not able to drill down into. And the enhancements that are coming this spring is going to provide us an ability to sort and manipulate data. We're going to have resident level data. So we're going to be able to see the resident name. We're going to be able to see the resident ID and the resident status, which is whether or not the resident triggered for that measure. And I think the important part about that is with, um, with the measures, we have um, we, we now have this ability to see who's triggering and um, contributing to any any um, I'm going to say points against us when it comes to the SNF QRP. Any of those missed assessment uh, items that would count against our SNF QRP. Uh, one of the other things that really struck me with the reports is uh, CMS did a great job of stressing. Uh, the difference between the Q quality measure scores and the compliance reports and really stress that these are not the same thing. We have quality measure scores that shows our outcomes of how the residents triggered on that measure and that is not the same as compliance of did we report all the information and it's the compliance that is used for our SNF QRP um, annual payment update determination and whether or not we're going to lose that 2% if we do not submit at least 80% of the data. And within the slides of those trainings, they had a, a great table that went through the difference of a compliance, uh, uh, the compliance reporting and the quality measures reporting and simply stating, stating that you look at the compliance, it's, these are the number of assessments that were submitted, and the denominator is these are the number of assessments that um, uh, should have been submitted. This is the total number, and, and this is how many had all the information on them. So it's that compliance measure, while the QM score is actually looking, did the resident trigger for this event and was included in the denominator? Great distinction and in information. What else would you want our listeners to know that you learned from this training? Oh, there was so much great information, but uh, one of the things that really, really stuck with me was the detail and the case studies that were brought up with the new items in Section N, the Drug Regimen Review. And uh, one of the questions that was answered during, during the Q&A is someone asked, you know, if a resident comes in on Friday, late Friday, and the drug regimen review isn't completed until Monday, would this be considered timely? And CMS's response was no, that's not timely enough. We need to really aim 
for at the time of a mission or as soon as possible. And, you know, I, 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 that really actually surprised me that, that Monday was not timely. So we have a lot to learn. And those items that we have that are coming out um, this October, we do not have the manual yet. So we need to be able to see the REI manual and be able to read all of the steps for assessment and the tips and the coding instructions to really fully understand these new items. Um, but one really great clarification that they had on the drug regimen review is another question was if a pharmacist completes an off-site review of the medications via the electronic health record, could this meet the criteria of the drug regimen review? And CMS answered yes, as long as it complies with your federal, state, and facility guidelines, that could meet the criteria of the drug regimen review. So we have a lot more to learn once the REI manual is released, but a lot of great information at uh, these two days of training. Sounds like it. Thank you so much, Jesse. I know our listeners will value this information, so thanks for sharing what you learned over your two days there. ANAC will be releasing more information in the form of an article, which will also be available on the ANAC website at www.anac.org. Thanks so much, Jesse, for joining.